Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, and welcome to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast. On the program this week, we're looking back on the Allianz Hurling League, and we're joined, as always, on one day by John Fogarty, Irish Examiner's GA correspondent. John, so many talking points from the weekend. It's it's a question really of where to begin, but we're going to start with the action of West and uh, an incredible victory for David Fitzgerald's Wexford against uh, Galway, and not for the first time doing it the hard way. Yeah, um, I think their fitness showed in the end as well. Column, um, it showed against Limerick as well. They finished that game very strong, stronger than Limerick, as much as Limerick were denied what looked like a stonewall penalty. But um, Wexford finished that game the stronger. They finished uh, in Salt Hill the stronger. I believe this is a lot of it has to do with the match fitness that Davy. Fitzgerald has um, has more or less organised for the guys over the last while. Like they've played umpteen challenge matches over the last two or three months whatever it has been um, you know they, they would have played the likes of Slot Neil there recently they would have played Walford uh, the week uh, or the week or two sorry the week before um, the Limerick game so they ha- they're well tooled up in that regard um, you know they're, they're probably at a, a type of fitness that they haven't been at for at this time of year for quite a long time and that superiority is showing against the likes of Galway, who maybe are peaking for later in the year now. Fitzgerald has hoodwinked us all. He was playing down promotional chances and all that. But, you know, barring uh, something crazy over the next three games, Wexford will be looking forward to Division 1A um, hurling next year. And there be said, to, and, and it has probably more an indictment of the structure of the, the hurling year, but... You could you could argue it's already been a success uh, for Wexford Hurling this year. Uh, do you think that that's Davy's strategy this year? Because he mentioned something in the aftermatch quotes about how it was different when he was involved with the likes of Clare and expectation for championship, etc. So, do you think that he's possibly going hell for leather this earlier in the year, writing off the championship, shall we say, and making league promotion priority number one for twenty seventeen and Championship can be the the twenty eighteen part of the strategy. Well, you you would definitely argue, Colin, that Division One A hurling should they get it, um, will definitely benefit them and their championship prospects in twenty eighteen, and they could really make a a fine stab at a Leinster championship and and possibly going further, maybe All Ireland semi finals and things like that. But he realised he's had to give them a platform. Um, and that platform is Division One A hurling, and and he's he's more or less there thereabouts. You know they can still draw a game against Kerry uh, uh, K- K- Leash or Offaly and still go through as uh, table toppers. And it says a lot. It, it says a lot. It says a lot for Wexford, but it doesn't say much for Galway. Now Limerick again. There might have been mitigating circumstances last week, but it doesn't say much for Galway when you know. Galway would regard themselves as all Ireland contenders. I know they're not going to look at 
a failure to go up to Division 1A as, as any sort of a reflection on their All-Ireland prospects. But if they want to be treated, you know, if they want to be treated and respected as highly as the likes of Tipperary and Kilkenny, then they want to be up in the top flight. But that position now looks like it's going to be Wexford and full credit to Fitzgerald. OK, uh, that was the situation in Salt Hill, John. We'll come down the road, uh, about an hour down the road to Cusick Park in Ennis in the match that you were at on Sunday and that was uh, Clare against Kilkenny and uh, an incredible statistic I think that you had in the uh, Irish Examiner on Monday. This was the heaviest defeat that Kilkenny have suffered under yeah, Black Cody? Uh, going back through the, the results, um, it seems to be the case, the 13-point defeat, they have had a couple of 12-point defeats um, but 13 points obviously trumps that and um, it was it was chastening to say the least for Kilkenny. Uh, second game without a goal, um, okay they had a couple of goal chances in the first half but they weren't great goal chances. TJ Reid of course had his penalty saved in the second half but to say that they were ruthless would be very appropriate and we saw Owen Larkin's comments on Twitter afterwards where he had a bit of a pop at the younger players and um, it was probably needed. I no doubt Brian Cody saying something similar behind closed doors and there was a lot of ashen-faced guys coming out of the dressing room afterwards. Um, it, 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 it's a worrying time for Kilkenny and Cody admitted that afterwards. He is worried. He is worried. Um, like Kilkenny have been in this situation before, losing their opening two games and they've recovered and you would imagine that you know, they'll fancy, them, fancy themselves against Cork in a couple of weeks' time in Nolan Park but there, there are... There are Worrying signs, like I said, Park Watch last week. Park Watch was one of the uh, the positive um, aspects of their performance there in NSC yesterday. Park Watch was excellent at fullback. Now I said last week that mightn't work, and um, but at the same time you're robbing Peter to pay Paul there because Park Watch forms quite a formidable half back line. But now Killian Buckling's being moved in to midfield as well. It's 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 like they're trying to um, put the finger in the dike left, right and centre and when Richie Hogan who was substituted yesterday when Richie isn't performing um, it's, it's very worrying because it's other than that it's really only TJ Reid they are the the world class so to speak uh, players um, they certainly are the, the talisman on um, on that team and when one of them isn't performing you, you do fear for Kilkenny it, it is, it's, it's most definitely a rebuilding process But in, in terms of playing personnel aside and you know you mentioned the likes of TJ etc but is there a leadership deficit in the Kilkenny team at the moment? Well, it was suggested by some people afterwards, um, some journalists, just as we were discussing, did Kilkenny give up in that last 15 and 20 minutes, which is unheard of from a Kilkenny perspective. But certainly after uh, Shanahan's um, goal, Clare's second goal, they, they definitely wilted. But even before that, there were telltale signs that they weren't. They were making no purchase whatsoever in the forward line. Um I, I I saw a lot of lack of confidence in guys. Joey Holden was an all-star two years ago, but he had a quite a disappointing year last year by his, his own standards. And um, he was playing on the wing yesterday. He wasn't fantastic. The two cornerbacks, novices, relative novices, you know, Shanahar, he, he could be argued that Shanahar is a novice too, but he had uh, he really enjoyed himself there. And it, it, the, the fear for Kilkenny, Cullum, is that where they have been so strong, in the past, they aren't now. Teams are, are bossing them. They're, dare it be said, bullying them on occasions as well. Whereas it would have been Kilkenny who would have brought their game to the edge, who would have brought, who would have brought others, um, you know what I mean, who would have asked questions of others, I should say. But now it's the other way around. And 
when you lose that fear factor, it's very hard to get it back because certainly the likes of Waterford now are looking at them <clears throat> and thinking that they're a beatable. Clare are looking at them and thinking that they're beatable. Cork would fancy themselves as much as <clears throat> you would you, you would still think that there's going to be some sort of a reaction from Kilkenny in two weeks' time. But at this moment in time, you know, if you if you're, if going by rankings, Kilkenny, yeah, number two, but um, you know, that's been questioned with these two performances. As much as it's February, as much as it's very early in the year, and the likes of the Fenleys and John Power have to come back to jail there. Aylward is coming back from his cruise as well. James Mark came off the bench yesterday, was very impressive before his injury last year in the league. There it's gonna take time for this Kilkenny team. And I think there is a patience out there. They're very knowledgeable Kilkenny supporters and I think they realise that this is going to take time for them, and that not that the All Ireland is a write off by any chance. We, you know, you don't like Kilkenny off, but certainly um, people are a little bit more logical about their um, their expectations of of Kilkenny these days. Okay, just a, a little aside from the match itself, John. Uh, I noticed in your sixty second report you had a, a very interesting little anecdote regarding Tony Kelly. You might just recount that for us. Yeah, just before the game, it was. I think it was well over 30 minutes before I had Tony Kelly and um, someone clearly uh, uh, from the Clare um, backroom team uh, of some shape um, were attempting to get into the uh, the central part of the stand and Tony was refused and um, somebody tried to explain that Tony you know it was Tony Kelly and to which the steward uh, replied that he knew who he was but he still wasn't getting in and that he might try the other side but he certainly wasn't getting in on his side um, this steward let in other individuals afterwards, dignitaries, whatever you may call them, but for some reason, Tony Kelly, possibly Clare's greatest hurler, wasn't permitted um, to sit down or to, to gain access via this um, this part of the stand in, in Cusick Park. Um, it was embarrassing for the official, to say the least. Like Tony Kelly didn't make much of it. It was never a case with Tony Kelly of, do you know who I am? He, he tried to explain that he was a player, but uh, that's all he did. Um, it was seriously embarrassing for for the for the steward. But again, there are a lot of jobs worth out there. Um, obviously, the guy is a volunteer and he's doing it off his own bat, and you have to appreciate that. But when someone is as awkward and as as silly as that for no apparent reason, you, you have to wonder. Claire's next match uh, will be probably without uh, Tony again because he'll be uh, still concentrating on the uh, All Ireland Club final on St Patrick's Day. Um, is a way to Thurlis to face uh, Tipperary and uh, before we talk about that match we're just going to hear some audio from uh, Tipperary manager Michael Ryan after their victory against Watford on Sunday tough place to come any time uh, to go home with a couple of points that were on offer we're delighted we're, we're absolutely delighted and it gives us a chance to um, you know let the guys down for a week until we uh, make preparations or start making preparations for Clare so John, uh, some performance by Tipperary down in Waterford on Sunday, and I think we mentioned it last last week on the program. This is a very very different Tipperary team to previous ones in the season after winning an All Ireland final. Yeah, like I think the stat was brought out yesterday or after the game that it's the first time the Tipperary won their opening two games since 2009 and certainly around that time they had a lot to prove under Liam Sheedy um, and of course they reached the All-Ireland final later that year to be beaten by, by Kilkenny um, Tipperary haven't lost a game now since April uh, last year against Clare in the league quarter final which is saying something and it's, a sec- it's the next stage for a team that wants to become 
a, a, a great and, and certainly any team that puts back to back all Ireland all Ireland together can be determined as, as great it, it, it's that sense of invincibility that they're trying to uh, grow at the moment like you, you don't be surprised if Tipperary towards the end of the, the rounds if they're you know one more win is going to confirm them a quarter final spot and that's all they, they, they will want and maybe there is a little bit more expect- uh, experimentation I should say from Michael Ryan but he's experimenting at the moment Cullum um, there's changes to the to the attack line you know he could afford not to bring Roland Marr on James Callanan came on as a substitute um, he's he's really given Stephen O'Brien, the dual player, um, a lot of game time over the last while, and he really wants to see what he's made of. And yet they're still winning, so it, it, it's very impressive like that. I think the game in Walsh Park just demonstrated the, the depth that Tipperary have now. Waterford had a lot of injuries. Mar Shannon's still only coming back. Michael Walsh was injured, of course, and when you see them bringing on, you know, seventeen, eighteen year olds uh, off the bench, you, you know, it, it just demonstrates that Waterford aren't just there yet in terms of depth. Certainly their their best fifteen can compete and beat anyone out there, but in terms of depth it's Tipperary who who are enjoying it a lot more and um, you know, they have Claire up next and you would fancy them to, to win that and, and make you know, guarantee their quarter final spot very quickly. Um, it remains to be seen if they, they, you know, if Michael Ryan's policy is to go out and win every game this year and really create that that sense of invincibility. But it is most certainly a different Tipperary team than you know we we've seen as reigning All Ireland champions in the past. Certainly more so than 2011, where there was possibly a little bit of a hangover there. But you can't say it, um, there's much of a hangover there at the moment. Okay, well that game is on March fifth, but really the game of the day that day will be in Nolan Park with uh, Kilkenny entertaining Cork. And what can we say, John, about uh, the Cork performance against Dublin on Saturday night? I think I, I heard in advance of the game that Dublin were something like 4-1, to one, given their performance against uh, Tipperary the previous week. And, of course, Cork on the high after the Clare victory. And uh, I must say, even with uh, 14 men, Dublin still looked the better team in the, the last 15 minutes of Parky Wren. Yeah, it would have it would have meant a lot, Colin, for Jared Cunningham to to pick up two points in Cork. Um, you know, it, it could be argued that Jared should have been Cork manager, but by, by this stage, but that hasn't happened. Um, they were they, Dublin were seriously disappointing, and I I still believe that Cork and Dublin are going to be the the relegation finalists. Um, now Kilkenny, you know, at the bottom at the moment would would be possibly favourites for that, but I I still. I think Cork and Dublin are going to see each other before the end of this this league campaign. There's too many questions about the, the, each group. Um, inconsistencies about Cork, they're just there. Dublin as well, you know what I mean? You, Jekyll and Hyde, you know, one minute high, one minute low. And then, you know, we were, we're, there was bound to be a response for Dublin. Um, I, I mentioned that in the preview on Saturday. Like it's very often that we see a team that gets a tanking in round one will improve in, in round two, and often is the case. Win. We've seen it with Tipperary in the past, and it's it, it's very rare that a team um, has four points after after the opening two rounds in Division One A. But um, Cork, Cork were just so, they weren't at it. Now whether it was training during the week or whatever, I doubt. I doubt it. I would imagine Kieran Kingston wants to. Wants to um, wants to build as much confidence in his group as possible, but this is going to set them back a little bit. Um, you know, the, they're not scoring enough goals. Obviously, you know, one goal in two games isn't great. Um, and, and Dublin, you know, Liam Rush gave an awesome performance there at the weekend, and and 
there was there was more of a change team. There was a, a couple more seasoned players in that Dublin team than there was against Tipperary, and they they'll take a, a lot of heart out of that. But I just still think these two teams are these are two managers that still don't know their best teams. Obviously, Jerry Cunningham is going to be out as cooler players for another week or two at least. Um, Cork are still trying to find a little bit of shape. Uh, uh, you know what tactics to what exact tactics to play. Um, they're the two managers with so many questions to ask. You know, as I said previously, the likes of Tipperary, the likes of Waterford, uh, Michael Ryan and Derek McGrath know their teams. And uh, I don't think it's any surprise that the, uh, the likes of Clare, the likes of Kilkenny have struggled a little bit because they're still trying to find out exactly what teams, uh, what 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 their best personnel are. And Cork and Dublin are no different there. Okay, there was a very interesting uh, and insightful line from uh, Donal O'Grady in uh, Monday's paper uh, describing the Cork defence. He said it showed an immaturity and carelessness at times that is very costly at this level. So I know you're talking about maybe the, the lack of scores at the other end, but the defensive frailties that cost them so badly in 2016, there doesn't seem to be any improvement there. No, there doesn't, and I I know what he means by the naivety because there's guys who sh- who are going up for for balls and batting them down when they should be catching it. The the support play, the communications between uh, the lines is not what it should be. Certainly, I would imagine Karen Kingston would have been very disappointed by that. But I I mentioned this before, Colin. But what I I've been surprised by, considering Dermot O'Sullivan was you know one of the strongest mentally and physically. Physical defenders around for Cork for quite some time, and he's spoken about introducing a bit of cuteness, some of the dark arts into Cork's play. I haven't seen any of it over the last while. You know, Cork are still regarded as too nice a team. Um, I don't think that's any sort of a compliment to them. Um, they have to add it. They do have to add it. Like we have seen the intensity before. We saw it against Kilkenny last year, in 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 Park Irene. That has to be replicated more often and more consistently. Again, there might have been some mitigating circumstances behind this latest defeat. I, 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 I don't, I don't know if if that's true or not. But I'm just not seeing what we should be seeing from that Cork defence. A bit of meanness, a bit of toughness. It's just not there. Okay. Now next weekend is a football weekend, but the action uh, over the weekend won't be just confined to the playing fields. There'll be uh, plenty in the boardrooms in and around Crow Park with uh, Congress, and you'll be a very busy man. Uh, GA presidential uh, election. But to be honest, that's nearly been put on the back burner because of Porrick Duffy's recommendations in terms of how the championship could look in 2018. That's it. Um, The presidential vote will take place on Friday night. Five candidates... um, and if you ask, and everyone seems to have a favourite at the moment in terms of who they're, who they fancy to to take it, um, it'll all, it'll all be revealed on the night. But Saturday, uh, early Saturday morning, um, the Park Duffy's football proposals will be put to, uh, will be put to the delegates. Um, I I fancy it's going to get a majority, but whether it gets a two-third majority remains to be seen. Um, I would have personal um, concerns about. Um, the proposals um, Porrick is basically proposing that the All-Ireland quarterfinals be replaced by um, a round-robin series where the last eight teams would be divided into two groups of four and play each play uh, three round games one in Crow Park um, one home game one away game um, this would add eight games to the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship um, certainly money spinning it would be but again it, 
can understand why the Club Players Association are against it because it's going to clog an already um, hectic schedule. It's going to take a little bit more time away from from the, the clubs of these counties. It's also going to make things a little bit more difficult, certainly for the likes of Tipperary and developing counties and getting to an All-Ireland semi-final because you're going to have to win, let's be honest, to reach an All-Ireland semi-final now. You're going to have to win two quarter-finals um, per se. So that you know, it's it's going to be a, a huge debate. Um, Park certainly has done a lot of work in um, putting forward his case to the counties. He's visited all the counties now at this stage, but um, the club players' association have opposed it, and it's quite possible now that we might see the Gaelic players' association opposing it in later this week. Whether that will have any effect on the county boards, I'm not sure. But as Michal Briody, um, the CPA chairman, said last week, if the two player bodies, the the one official. Inter-county players' body and the club players' body, which are hoping to be recognised at Congress as well on Saturday, if they oppose it, then you know can county boards really say, can delegates really say that this is in the best interest of, of players? Um, you know, if it fails, I could see a special Congress being held later this year, Colum, where uh, also the Galway motion um, to, for all their hurling teams, their inter-county teams, to be entered in in provincial competitions. I could see that. Um, you know that's been voted on at the weekend. I could see the hurling championship as well brought forward to a special congress later this year. But again, we won't find out this until until Saturday. Okay, we look forward to your reports on same, John. A pleasure as always uh, talking to you, and thanks very much as always for your time. That's it for this week's uh, paper talk. Uh, thanks as always to John and to Larry Ryan, who's been uh, pressing all the buttons here. We're back again same time next week. Hopefully, we'll have your company once more for that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.